Hello from Georgia. Even though my background is Jerusalem, that's where my heart is, Hamakom, but actually I'm broadcasting from the beautiful town of Milledgeville, Georgia. So I thank you whether you're live or in the archives or listening maybe on a podcast. Today we're going to talk about Psalm 94. Before I introduce my song by the same title. So I encourage you to get someplace quiet if you're able to, and just focus on the moment. Take this next 30 minutes to really absorb something special from Psalm 94, something that pops out at you while I share the information and then share my latest release psalm 94 this is a great way also to memorize the psalms because i apply contemporary music mine with traditional lyrics in english this one's in english so get your pen and paper and let's start by breathing through the nostrils in breathing in the goodness of life and Nishmat Kolchai and exhaling twice as long through the mouth and start to feel when you inhale a sense of calm come over you and me. <laughs> and as you exhale, maybe you can feel your abdomen contracting as you push out all that stale air. Okay. Now, the interesting thing about this Psalm 94 is that it is one of the Psalms of the week. If you happen to have a Sidur, mine is the Sidur Sim Shalom. There is, in the blue book, we call it in the synagogue at where we attend, on page 73, if you happen to have it nearby, preliminary prayers, the psalm for Sunday. You can start on page 72, the psalm for Shabbat, which is one of my favorite psalms, 92. But today we're going to look at Psalm 94. And notice that Psalm 24 is the Sunday Psalm, and we talked about that last week. So if you would like to hear the teaching on Psalm 24, you can find it archived on twitch.tv slash Deborah Cohen Music and some places on Facebook. Just look for Deborah Cohen. But if you continue in the preliminary prayers, the days of the week Psalm, the Monday Psalm, do you know what it is? On the second day of the week, the Levites recited this psalm in the temple. Psalm 48, if you guessed it right. All right, so here we are. We're looking at the psalms of the week. And Psalm Tuesday is Psalm 82. And Psalm Wednesday is Psalm 94. And that's the psalm we're going to talk about today. 
Now, the interesting thing about Psalm 94 is, according to my rabbi, Rosenthal, he pointed out, which I never really noticed as the Psalm of the Week, that at the end of this Psalm 94, in the Sidur, they have put, or the traditional rabbis, put Psalm 95 at the very bottom of this Psalm 94. And the lines that they inserted into the end of this psalm are, let us sing to Adonai, let us rejoice in our creator. Do, do you know that God loves it when we sing to him? He absolutely loves it. And this is why we spend so much time in liturgy singing, hopefully, where you are, they sing. But the point of saying that they add Psalm 95 at the bottom of 94 is that we always need to be thinking about Shabbat, no matter what day it is. If it's not Shabbat, you're counting how many days until the next Shabbat. This is something exciting when you get a hold of this mindset. Today is Sunday in the United States. I'm thinking six more days to Shabbat. And so my rabbi says, by Wednesday, midweek, we need to really start thinking about Shabbat. So much so that they put some of Psalm 95 at the end of Psalm 94. And what is Psalm 95? Is is that Lecha uh, Dodi? Or is it Lechuneranana? I always get those two mixed up. So let me go into my trusty Bible app and look up Psalm 95 and see if I can see. Lechuneranana. Okay. Come, let us sing to the Lord. That's it. Okay. All right. And uh, <laughs> I thank you for tolerating my slow start here. I'm trying to gather my thoughts and get everything together. And again, this is Deborah Cohen. I have a weekly broadcast every Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time to share with you a story and a song. And today, as I've mentioned several times, we're going to look at Psalm 94. So I'd like to start off with the word bittle. And I'm going to do a screen share if you happen to be watching the live stream. All right. And while you're looking at the screen, hopefully you are. We don't want to see the bottom little. They always put these ads at the bottom like, like I don't care about that stuff there. All right. Um, Bittul. Let's see if we can hear how they say it should be pronounced. Bittul. 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 And uh, this is a word that is Yiddish. And what it means, according to this website, is renunciation, relinquishment, and in a sentence you could say, to experience real bittle, you have to first learn lots of tanya and learn to daven with real kavana, bittle. Self-abnegation. So you can look at this and receive what I'm saying as I read to you, Rav Kook. In Psalm 94, in particular, verse 12 says, Fortunate is the one whom you, God, afflict. You teach him from your Torah. 
Now, what a peculiar statement. Why did King David think that troubles and afflictions are so wonderful? Do you? And what connection is there between the two parts of the verse, between suffering and Torah study? Talmudic sages discussed at length the meaning of suffering in the world. While they wrestled with the theological challenges of this subject, they were equally concerned with more practical question of how should we respond to adversity and suffering. If you find that you are subject to afflictions, you should examine your conduct, says Rav Kook. If you have examined your actions and found no wrongdoing, then you should attribute your suffering to neglect of Torah study, betul Torah. That's why we wanted to know what the word betul means. As it says, quote, fortunate is the person whom you, God, afflict. You teach him or her from your Torah, end quote. And if you find that you are not guilty of neglecting Torah study, then these afflictions must be, quote, afflictions of love, end quote. As it says in Proverbs 3, verse 12, God rebukes those whom he loves. So are you feeling very loved today? In other words, the Talmud interprets the verse in Psalms as associating afflictions with not Torah study, but rather its neglect. Ooh, am I stepping on your toes? Still, one may ask, of all the numerous human faults and foibles in the world, why should Betul Torah be a likely cause for heavenly ordained suffering? Ah, while Betul Torah is a serious transgression, there is no expectation that the entire nation will be constantly immersed in Torah study. Scholars should be diligent and devote themselves to Torah study, but the average person is not required to maintain such levels of dedication. It is understood that people will spend most of their time earning a livelihood and even acquire possessions beyond their bare necessities. Such activities are not considered Betul Torah. So what does Betul Torah mean for the average person? We all have character flaws which we are expected to correct. Ideally, we should refine our personality traits through Torah. As we engage in Torah study, we are exposed to its values and ideals. If we succeed in internalizing its teachings, we will strengthen positive traits such as integrity, sensitivity, and compassion. The nature and decree of Torah study that is expected from each of us is a function of the flaws that we need to correct. This is the meaning of Betul Torah for non-scholars. Those who fail to invest the necessary time and effort to refine themselves through Torah study are guilty of neglecting Torah. Now we can better understand the connection between afflictions and Betul Torah. Suffering refines and humbles. It heightens sensitivity to the needs of others and increases awareness of one's own limitations. 
those who fail to correct their personality traits through Torah study may very well find themselves undergoing the less pleasant form of refinement that comes from suffering. The sages recognized that there are no pat formulas to explain all examples of suffering in this world. There may be completely righteous individuals who are innocent of all misconduct, including Betul Torah, and still they endure troubles and suffering. Therefore, the sages introduced an additional factor called the afflictions of love. These afflictions are not a form of punishment, nor do they come to correct some flaw on the part of the sufferer. Rather, they are an expression of divine love. But what kind of love is this? <laughs> there are some aspects of character refinement that cannot be attained by any other means. Not by individual effort, not by good deeds, not even by Torah study. The only means to ennoble the spirit and attain a higher ethical sensitivity is through afflictions of love, a gift granted by God that enables a person to attain a spiritual level beyond his natural capabilities. It is this concept of afflictions of love that sheds light on the psalmist's assertion, fortunate is the one whom you, God, afflict. And this is a teaching from RavKukTorah.org. This is an introduction to Psalm 94. So now let us go to the actual Psalm in English. And here is where Marty is asking for me to make this larger. If you're not able to see these words, then you can, I'm still trying to, you can look in your Bible or wherever you can find Psalm 94. I'm sorry that I can't seem to find a way to make this bigger. It would be so good if I could, but mm, it says it's maximum screen. I wonder if I can do full screen this way. It says I'm in full screen. All right. Well, this is Psalm 94, and I'm going to share the uh, song with you now that I recorded and just released. belongs Oh El to whom vengeance belongs Shine forth Lift yourself up O Shofet of the earth Render punishment to the proud How long shall the wicked How long shall the wicked triumph how long shall they utter and speak in arrogance? And all the workers boast in themselves. 
they break in pieces your people and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the gear and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, I shall not see. Neither shall the Elohim of Yaakov regard it. Understand you senseless among the people and you fools. When will you be wise? He that planted the ear, shall he not hear? That form the eye shall he not see? He that chastises the nation shall he not correct? He that teaches man the art shall he not know? Adonai knows the thoughts of man that they are worthless. Blessed is the man whom you chasten, oh yeah, and whom you teach out of your Torah, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit is dug for the wicked. For Adonai will not cast off his people Neither will he forsake his inheritance But Mishpat shall return to Zedekah And all the Sadiq and Lev shall follow it Who will rise up for me? Against the evil doers, or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless Adonai had been my helper, my being had almost lived without answers. When I said my foot slips, your more than I hold me up. When anxious thoughts are within me, your comforts delighted my being. Shall the seed of iniquity have chavurah with you? They who framed evil by a decree They gather themselves together Against the being of Sadiqim And condemn the innocent dumb but Adonai is my refuge and my Elohim is the rock of my refuge and he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. 
yes, adorn my our Elohim shall cut them off. So let me know what works and what doesn't work. I'm using Restream today. And uh, you love the shofar blast. <laughs> I'm glad you could hear it. And this will be archived on YouTube in uh, on my YouTube channel. Just look for Deborah Cohen Music. So I hope that you were able to glean something interesting about Psalm 94 that maybe you didn't know before you tuned in today, that it gives you a deeper understanding of who we are as God's children. And according to Ralph Cook, why there is so much suffering in this world and what we can do to make it change for the better instead of spinning your wheels and complaining, which too many people, too many of God's children just complain. And, you know, it's, it's sad that we have to suffer, but complaining doesn't change anything really. You just get a bunch of people that want to complain, but that doesn't really change anything. And it really doesn't do anything for your health any good. You know, our body listens to every word that we say or is said to us on a very deep subconscious level. So, you know, grinding the axe with negativity is not good for your health. It's not good for whoever you're speaking to. You're contaminating the environment. So think about today instead, if you have an issue and you want to express your concerns to God, of course, please do. This psalm does a very good job of, you know, petitioning God with your supplication, just like King David did. But take it to the, the one who made you and pray for the victory and, and just believe that God wants what's best for you and I and everyone because he, he made us, he loves us, and he gave us his Torah to live by. So crack open the book if you haven't and ask God to open up your eyes and ears so that you can understand what he's saying to each one of us spiritually today and every day. So <laughs> until we meet again, I wish you all peace, salam, and shalom.